Welcome to the Open Petri Podcast for yet another episode. It's fantastic to have you listening and joining in and hopefully, I know you will, enjoy this podcast. Um, my next guest um, really probably needs no introduction because she has been around the traps in hospitality and especially in marketing, obviously, for a long period of time. Has her own podcast, which is fantastic. I want to talk about that as well. Chrissy, so I just, I knew I was going <laughs> to jump on that, Chrissy. Simonakis. Simonakis. Yeah. You know what? The more podcasts I do, the worse I get at people's surnames. So I apologize <laughs> for that. She's the founder and managing director of Creative Little Soul, a digital marketing agency combining innovation and data-driven strategy, which, uh, which creates integrated communication campaigns. Um, and as I said, she also has her own podcast called, funnily enough, the Cre- uh, Creative Little Soul podcast. So, um, Chrissy, it's great to have you on. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. Thank you. Um, so let's talk about obviously how you started out. I want to talk about the marketing, obviously, because that's what you're doing. Sure. Now. But mm-hmm. um, obviously for our, for our listeners, um, large majority of hospitality um, owners and workers. Um, so how did you talk? How did you start out in your hospitality career? Probably not by choice. Um, so I come from a hospo family. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in regional South Australia. My parents awesome. uh, uh, run Mark. So in the river. Yeah, my, um, so I'm from South Australia, but um, my family has a, um, a fruit orchard in Swan Ridge. Oh, no way. Yeah, so there you go. Um, so, you know, we re- really live like that farm-to-table lifestyle before it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just remember one day my dad coming home and going, hey, you've got a job. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And he's like, you're waitressing. I'm like, all right, when? He's like, tonight. And <laughs> literally threw an apron and a shirt at me. And yeah, I started waitressing and then bar and then kind of always thought, no, this is not what I want to do. Um, I studied journalism, public relations and marketing, Mm -hmm. but hospo just was that staple. It Mm -hmm. was flexible. The money was good. I did a bit of a stint in nightclubs, bars, went to the US, um, did a degree in international hotel management and food and bev. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, five-star hotels, standalone venues, restaurants, and then wanted to use my marketing degree a bit more. So then went into like group roles, um, doing their marketing, digital, socials and menus. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Out, of all that, out of all that journey, was there, the hospitality journey, was there something that you really enjoyed and really loved? Yeah, so I loved um, being on the door when I was in the nightclubs. Like, I'm a people person. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed the, um, you know, fine dining side of things um, and just jumping in whenever I could. Like, I would, you know, be polishing cutlery. I would be jumping behind the bar if I had to, to then activating campaigns. So, Mm I think having had that ops background, mm-hmm. um, it made me better when it came to having our own agency, but then understanding what was effective and what was doable as well. Yeah, because I mean, the challenge for, I want to get into more about this, but the challenge for a lot of marketing agencies, if they try and specialise in hospitality, especially, is no one's worked in hospitality in those agencies. For sure. They, they, don't, they don't know what's going to actually get customers in the door they may know what looks really good mm-hmm. um and might be good to use you know with their own branding which fully respect yeah but at the end of the day if your client isn't actually making money from that marketing like other than a purely a branding exercise like what are you actually doing 
So. Yeah, for sure. And I think because there's five chefs in our family, mm. um, you know, there's so much that we do. So, you know, I can always call on my other half or my brother or my dad and we bounce ideas off each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my brother might see a really good promo that he's running at his work. Then, you know, my dad has a food truck and we're um, branding that for him and that's his retirement little side yeah. project. Awesome. So, yeah, we we all help each other. And in my house currently, I've got, you know, a, an abundance of dehydrated fruit because we come from that fruit bowl. Yes. And my 16-year-old little, my sixteen year old brother, his side hustle is taking that fruit that would maybe go to landfill dehydrating it and i sell that to my hospo clients for bar- like bar garnish and stuff oh yeah so wow. yeah it's all on solar rainwater. so yeah it's like a serious family business hustle <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome um so let's talk about yeah let's talk about the let's talk about the market industry since covid um mm-hmm. and how you've seen that affect hospitality clients because i, I know you work with you know, hundreds of hospitality clients and yep. and you would give a really good understanding of sort of where their mind space is at, you know, yep. at the moment when it comes to marketing. So For sure. what have you seen sort of happen? Yeah. So we've got clients nationally and also in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of been, you know, there have been varying um, steps and processes of like, you know, New South Wales are pretty gung-ho at the moment. We've got the budget and the money to do things. We're Victoria in stage four. So it's, you know, the demeanor and even the vibe is a a little less, you know, upbeat. Um, So obviously what we're wanting to try. Um, But I think people often think that marketing or publicity and promotions usually are the first things to go from a budget Mm. because they see it as a cost where in fact, it's probably one of the most important. Mm. And even when people are closed, we still need to maintain that relationship with the customer because you can be easily forgotten. So we've been doing lots of, you know, hey, you know, throw back to, hey, you know, these are dishes that you loved when you were here or do you want to know a recipe of a cocktail? Mm. Um, We did a really awesome um, gift voucher promo last week um, and we just went, hey, 50% off gift vouchers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, $200, you pay $100, you still get $200 voucher value. Mm-hmm. We sold like $13,500 worth of vouchers wow. in less than 24 hours. Mm. And those are people that are going to be bums on seats when mm. the venues reopen. Mm-hmm. So I think people just need to not be scared of saying something or doing something. Um, and just leveraging and utilizing your databases because these are people that know you and, you know, want to hear from you. Yeah. Is that, is that probably one of the biggest, I want to talk about automation in a minute, but is it yep. probably when you look at all the data that's come, now coming into venues in relation mm-hmm. to third-party delivery apps in which they can't get, usually can't yep. get that information. Um, I'm luckily working with a brand at the moment called Mr. Yum, which which yep, gives all the information to yep. which gives all the information to those um, to the vendors. Um, but you know, all this data that's coming in that they can use that they might have a you know a Mailchimp list or something like yep. that. Like, what's what do you think is valuable at the moment? Like, do you think that you need to be front of mind with customers all the time, or do you think you yep. can sort of 
talk to them too much that they sort of switch off and go go away you know um i think you need to look at what you were communicating and, and corresponding previously mm. so if you were quite active to then go like dead in the water and say nothing mm. like you're gonna feel like there's gonna be a huge void mm-hmm. um in your customers minds i think you know may if you're not open and trading and say you're in victoria maybe mm. one to two posts a week and maybe it's like a fortnightly e-flyer yeah. Um, if you're somewhere that's open in Queensland or, you know, Western Australia, NT, um, and you are opening, like we've actually seen clients increasing their comms now. Mm. So where people would send usually a once a month e-flyer or campaign, um, they're now sending out fortnightly and some even weekly because wow. now, you know, like we've got Victorian clients who are sending weekly and they're changing the menu weekly based on what they can get from the markets or from their providors. And yeah, now it's like, Hey, this is what's happening this week. And we're actually seeing a lot more engagement Mm. or people saying, Hey, we're waiting on these specials. So they're kind of like hanging on. Yeah. It's really interesting. Obviously I live in Melbourne and um, uh, at the moment it's obviously awful. Right. And and the hospitality industry is, um, is largely just scared. Um, the communication, do you, mean, um, um, do you think, do you think the Melbourne venues are changing their communication every week because they want to keep themselves energized, but also keep their customers sort of energized because as you sort of sit down in your house for 23 hours a day, yep. um, there's, it sort of feels like Groundhog Day, right? So I'm curious, I'm curious what the messaging, what you've seen the messaging to be like in Victoria as opposed to maybe WA or Queensland where we yeah. have a lot of different situations. Yeah. Know? So I, oh, th- my strategy has always been, don't always be selling. Um, yes. So don't always put posts up about like, Hey, we want your money. Hey, we want your money. Yeah. Yeah. And in Victoria at the moment, we know that that's not the right message to be asking or sending. Mm. So it's more about, Hey, what can we give back to you? You know, everyone's at home at the moment. Hey, let's share one of the signature recipes with people so they can try them at home. Yeah. Um, you know, people get a bit funny about giving away recipes, but yeah. I always think it's a great idea because people will try them, they'll come in and compare. So then you've got those consumers spending. Um, and it's just nice to give back to your community and actually thank the people who support you. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm. How do you think brands go about... Um, being authentic so with their with their marketing voice actually being authentic because i think tone of voice is sometimes lost in brands even big brands so how how do you think they can make sure they're bringing authenticity to the table yeah so i think that if marketing is not your strong point then you either look at you know having somebody in your team who is Mm. dedicated Mm. and like i'm not talking about having a full-time marketing person if you're a standalone small family-run business right yes yes so you look at you know you might have a really eager young gun in the team who's great at taking food photos Mm -hmm. so i call them the champions Mm -hmm. so you find those people in your business who are the champions and then they are responsible have a look at social pages that you like Mm-hmm. And see what they're doing and see what posts are kind of getting good uptake there. Mm-hmm. Or if you have the budget, look at instilling it like somebody like us who can go, here's your strategy, here's the plan, and then we piece in the bits and pieces. Yeah. And we have, we have like owners, like I still want their input. 
and I still want messages in their words. Yeah, I might tidy it up a little bit, but I still need it to be, you know, a bit gritty, a bit raw, because that's how what people resonate. Mm. Like, oh my God, we dropped a whole tray of drinks. Oh shit, you know, like people, people can empathize and and you know engage. So yeah, yeah. yeah not all glitz and glamour. Um, you know, a meat delivery is coming today. Cool. Who's your provador? Where does that beef come from? Tell those stories. Yeah. Do um, do you have an understanding of like why some brands will start out with a really good marketing campaign and system and posts and all that kind of stuff and then sort of stop? Is it is it usually because or slow down? Is it usually because of a money thing? Is it usually because they just get a bit tired or they don't see the the runs on the board at the start, so they just pull back? Like, what's your yeah, experience sure. about that? Yeah, so I think a lot of, like, we have clients and they just understand that you have to have a voice and a presence. Like, it's mm. 2020, mm. you need to be visible. Mm. Um, I think sometimes people have a bad experience and perhaps they work with an agency who probably aren't known in the hospice space or understand their clients' needs and those deliverables. Yeah. yeah. People maybe get stung. They've spent a lot of money, therefore don't want to spend more money. Mm. Um, they sometimes get complacent. So if you've got a pumped venue and you're packed, the last thing on your mind is about spending money on marketing, where in fact, if you've got a busy venue, this is when you should have all your data captures in place. So Absolutely. when you're quiet, you've then got that database to draw on. So mm. I think it's a combination of things. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, I think often it comes down to complacency. Yeah. Really good point. Um, let's talk about automation mm -hmm. in marketing because um, I know that's something you're passionate about. And um, we have a, we obviously have a lot of venues around the country now with skeleton staff. Yep. Um, they're more time poor. Most venues are more time poor. Um, they've got a lot more things they're working out, a lot of APIs and a lot of um, a, a lot of different SaaS products they're using with inside their business. Like, how can they use automation for marketing to give themselves their biggest bang for their buck? Do you have any recommendations? For sure. Um, so I'm a massive data nerd. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love every single port which can give us uh, customer, you know, history, transactions. Because when we when we look at the data we understand our customers and then we understand how best to communicate with them. Mm -hmm. So we do quite a bit with like, you know, um, all the open tables, now book it, the fork, yep. so all of those booking systems, we set those APIs up. Um, old school, you know, a lot of venues still use the old school diary where they jot in phone numbers and they, they're a gold mine. Like, yeah. I Cause you can use a, them, right? <laughs> absolutely. And I'm like, I've had them at my house before. I'm like, give me the books and we'll input them. But, you know, website forms that we can set up that go straight into your database. Um, you know, using things like my guest list, which is a hospitality-based uh, CRM for marketing, we can just set up all these zaps from Google Sheets. So mm. it's just about funneling everything in. But then once we have it there, it's making sure we're sending out the right information to the right people, um, and yeah, you know, birthday emails are awesome. Welcome emails are awesome. Um, you know, we haven't seen a customer for three months. Why send this? Mm -hmm. So a lot of like triggered kind of campaigns. Mm -hmm. um, I love SMS. I think it's without a doubt one of yeah, the Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. So by far, 
um, you know, you might pay anywhere from seven and a half cents to 12, depending on your volume. Yes. Um, but I've, I've sent out two SMS campaigns today, like for clients. Wow. Um, and it's a no brainer. It's just part of their strategy now. Mm-hmm. And you know, what we'll do is we send an e-flyer out and yep. then we send a SMS out to the people whose email we don't have. So we're not bombarding both. Right. And, and then, um, we wait a couple of days, see, you know, if the people with, the email haven't opened it yet, then we send an SMS. So we're using it as part of an overall strategy. What have you, why do you think SMS has now become an okay play? Because the phone used to be, don't freaking talk to me. Don't freaking go to me on my phone. I can, yep. I can handle email. I've now got Gmail. So it goes through promotions, right? Yeah. So I can deal with it there. Yep. But don't go to me on my phone. Where now it seems to be, um, the phones, it's okay that, you know, Domino's, unfortunately, might send yep. me a, um, uh, a request to buy product once a week or once a month, right? Yep. And I'm like not pissed off about that. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you think that has changed? Yeah, for sure. So I don't know about you, but every time I go to call somebody and I get their voice message, it's like, yes. hey, don't leave me a message, send me a text. So mm, interesting. I've yeah, and I, I hate checking my voicemail. So I feel yeah, like yeah. we've evolved now. Yes. So texting is so, you know, acceptable. Um, we would rather that than somebody calling us. Mm. Um, a lot of people prefer a text over email. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's short form. So it's only 160 characters. Mm. It's short, sharp, shiny, concise information to our devices, which we live on now. Mm. So I think that's why people are far more not angry to receive it. Yes. Um, yeah, because we've just, you know, the, the phone is a part of our hand now. Yes. Do, mm. you think, do you think like SMS marketing, like how do you think SMS marketing is going to evolve? Because at the moment, you're right, it's just obviously it's, it's text, right? Yep. So is, is it, do you think it's going to evolve to like a pop-up video or um, a pitch, like more picture stuff? Like obviously that's yep. expensive, especially in Australia. For sure. Do, but like, do you think it's going to move towards that or do you think that's maybe too far? Um, so we do a little bit of testing. So sometimes like whenever we send out a campaign with an SMS, we always want to put a short URL in. Mm. Um, so that, that call to action. So usually mm-hmm. it might be to the email campaign that we've sent. So it's got all of the information and the calls to action. Yeah. Um, we might partner with a discount code or a promo so then we can track. Mm. But the really cool thing is, is, with the email system that we've got and we've got our own as well that we've developed, um, we actually get, again, the data. Um, we get the SMS data, which tells us which suburb the mm-hmm. ping has picked up from the tower. Interesting. Um, yeah, which then means we can then utilise that for paid ads or when oh. we do Facebook or Insta because we kind of get a feel for where these people are. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in Sydney, we send an SMS out, and even though they might be in the northern beaches, we're getting a lot of pings from the eastern suburbs. Mm-hmm. So we then start to look at and ask questions why, and then is it then viable to open a second store there? Maybe it is. Yeah, that's interesting. So then, mm. so then you're are you always when you do an SMS marketing, you're always having an offer involved, so you know there's a like you're always having a call to action, so you know that there's some bounce back, right? Okay. Yeah, and we always want to make sure that the message that we're sending. Um, is getting the most bang for our buck. Yes. So if we push back to the website, 
then we know like, hey, they might have went to look at the what's on, but while they're, they might check the menu and then maybe make a booking. So mm. we just want to utilize that to the best of its capability for such a small investment. How do you think, do you think brands are thinking enough about, and I was talking, I was talking um, with this with a colleague the other day about a customer who's actually spending a lot of money in a venue all the time, right? Yep. It could be local, it could be a corporate thing, um, but they're actually spending a lot of money. But what venues aren't doing that, what I'm seeing anyway, is actually making sure they're looking after that client who's spending yep. maybe $5,000 a year in that venue. Yeah. Um, they're always trying to attract new customers, which is incredibly important, right? Yep. Do you, how do you think um, venues can better service customers who are actually spending a lot of money in their venue already? Yeah, the high roller. Um, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of app technology that's been come out now mm -hmm. and we're still fine-tuning a few for a few of our clients. Mm. Um, but, you know, we're taking... So there are some really cool apps and, and stuff that's being developed and it's a, you know, order at the table, um, you know, so minimal contact. Yep. Um, one of the biggest things was that, you know, people hated having to wave down the server to get the bill or pay. Yep. So it's payment portal, COVID check-in. It's also a loyalty program. Mm. Um, so when people check in, we get all of this data, mm -hmm. then what they start to purchase, when their transactions are. Mm -hmm. There's also the capability to So we can see based on when they've signed into the app, are they in gaming? Are they in bistro? Are they in, you know, sports bar? And then what we can start to do is segment them into different data categories yes. and then go, hey, Chrissy always comes here for the UFC. Well, then we're going to just start sending her UFC stuff. Uh -huh. um, you know, Sean's coming here and he's hanging out in the bistro. So it's likely he's more um, into food and bev offers. But then what we can start doing is we can set some tiers um, that say, hey, you know, this customer comes here and they always order Ciroc vodka. We're doing a Ciroc vodka partnership night. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's just invite them. Mm -hmm. um, there's also some technology that will ping. So you can set it up to send an SMS to the venue manager. Mm -hmm. Chrissy's just walked in. Um, she has spent or does spend quite a bit. Um, go and welcome her compa first drink. So yes. there is this technology now mm -hmm. that is still, I think, needs a little bit of refinement, mm -hmm. um, but it's coming and, and it's there in form, which mm -hmm. will then just make it better for the venues and the customer journey too. Do you think with all this great technology that is so, so needed, do you think it's going to take away from the service of hospitality? No. Hospitality itself? No, I don't think so because I think you need them to coexist. Mm. Um, I think even though, you know, there is, you know, contactless ordering now and products like Me and You or Misty Yum mm. or all mm -hmm. these things, mm -hmm. um, you still need to check in on the customer. Yeah. And you've got, I think you've got two segments of diner. You've got the people who want the tech and yep. want to be left alone and don't want to talk to anybody like the me. I just want like to do the things and no one bother me. Right. But then you've got generationally, maybe a few older people who are going out. It's an experience. Um, they want that interaction. Mm. And I always found when I was waiting tables and working couples who'd been married for ages wanted to talk to people. Yes. Um, yeah, they need <laughs> someone they to bring more to say to each other. Yeah. Yes. Um, and even first dates, like you'd pick yes. up, it was a bit of a weird vibe, so you yeah. interject. So I still mm -hmm. feel like we still need people in hospitality because mm. that's what's hospitable, right? Yes, exactly.
Do you, yep. What do you think we need to do to train staff within hospitality venues to make sure they can work with tech in a positive way rather than just treat everyone like how you want to be treated, Chrissy, and just like bugger off. Yeah. I'm ordering, leave me alone, don't talk to me, bring my bring my food to me, bring my drinks to me, be polite, yep. but don't talk. Yeah, so you know? we've seen as part of, so we've implemented it um, as part of sequence of service when people walk in. Mm-hmm. Um, so people walk in, they do the COVID check-in mm-hmm. and then they say, hey, you know, a few things have changed since you've been here last. We have two options available for you. If you would like to go, you know, pick your own adventure and, you know, do your ordering yourself, mm-hmm. um, you know, please let us know. And they actually separate the venue. Yeah. So by putting people in like the left side, they know they order at their own pace. They mm-hmm. still check in on them. If they know that they require or would like, you know, a more interactive experience, they're seated elsewhere. So then it's very clear who wants what and then, mm-hmm. you know, to accommodate accordingly. Yeah, that's super smart. That's my, that's my only concern. And it's been, it's, yep. it's, it's been a challenge now working for a tech brand and thinking about that because I've, you know, sure. I've, I've had both interactions, right? So yep. it's interesting. Um, we're talking about a, ho- a whole lot of high level stuff today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we could talk about beacons and obviously we talked about sort of about beacons there and pinging, you know, customers as they walk in, like yep. the hospitality owners who are listening to this, we're just like, fucking hell, like how the hell <laughs> am I going to know all this? I don't know what a data pool is. I don't know what, I don't know what, yep. you know, what all these different email marketing campaigns, you know, like, yep. but maybe they can't afford um, the marketing you know, from great people like yourself, like, what do you think, what do you think they can do at the lower level just to start? Yeah, cool. So we created just for the hospitality sector, um, a calendar and a planner, and I'll give you the link. It's free. Mm-hmm. We've, we've mm-hmm. released it as a free product. Amazing. So, so in this calendar, it tells you like World Gin Day, National Bourbon Day, uh, Burger Day. So there are all these awesome. days. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then what we've also popped in there is like, hey, it's August start thinking about Father's Day. Hey, mm-hmm. it's October. Have you started thinking about Melbourne Cup? Mm-hmm. So we've created this like the bit of a play guide to help people. Great I think, idea. and I'll send you that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so I would say the first thing is just have a look at a couple of these days and you don't need to do them all, but try a promo, put it on your socials, see how it works. Mm-hmm. And then you'll start making a little bit more money And then you'll get a little bit more confident Mm -hmm. and then you can start then generating revenue to maybe instill the services of someone like us. And I do like one-on-one calls and I just go, cool, one hour, let's look at some quick ways to make you some cash. Let's look at some ways to refine things and then just ask questions, learn, read some articles, listen to your podcast, like Mm -hmm. just, just take the pieces that you like or that resonate, but start small and then do one thing and then yeah. the next thing and then the next thing. Yeah. Cause the worst thing you can do is nothing. And I think, I think we're now right. in a situation which is fantastic that we have all this tech and all these things to help us. But yep. sometimes it's a bit like when you go to a supermarket and when you realize there are, you want, you just want to buy yogurt and now there's 20 different brands of yogurt <laughs> yep. and it's analysis paralysis, right? And you just don't yep. make a decision. So that's mm-hmm. the most important thing. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about delivery for a second, if I can. Um, delivery is um, is obviously a growing sector of the market, um, like it or lump it, right? And for sure. And you know, in Melbourne at the moment, it's obviously you know probably eighty percent 
Um, 78% for some venues who are, you know, just doing, obviously can just do pickup and delivery right now. Um, Probably 20 to 30% of most venues around the country. Um, There's an opportunity there to talk to a customer, even though they're Mm -hmm. not in your venue. What, what are some of the opportunities that you think a venue can bring on board for to make that delivery experience and unboxing actually a positive thing? Yeah, for sure. So we know that, um, yeah, delivery is easy. I use mm. it. It's quick. It's efficient. Um, and we know that it takes the, the percentage away and that's just the way that it is. And I just mm-hmm. tell people and our clients to get over it. Like, unless you're wanting to offer your own, it is what it is. But look yes. at it as you're investing in marketing. Yes. So, you know, that's, you know, you're going out to people who wouldn't necessarily know who you are. Um, you're getting your name out there. It's a marketing exercise. Mm. Once you accept that, it's fine. Um, what we do is we know we can stick things in the bag, but if we put them on the bag, the Uber drivers will rip things off. Mm-hmm. So quite often we'll, I'll, we'll pop in like a sticker on a container and it's like, yep. hey, um, you know, for your next purchase, um, head to our website, order direct for pickup, get 10% off. Because 10% is still less than 30 if you're paying yes. that out. Yep. Um, you know, often we say, hey, you know, um, maybe it's a Mexican restaurant and we're like, you know, we make our guac table side. Why don't you come in and enjoy it? So in that bag, we're popping little love notes, if you will, yeah, to the, the customer mm-hmm. to then get them to come in writing on the bags, personalized messages. Mm-hmm. So then you're starting to establish a rapport with the customer mm-hmm. um, and even popping in, like, I think I ordered for Guzman and Gomez the other day yeah. and, you know, I just ordered a burrito bowl and it was international churros day and I got <laughs> two free churros and I was like, wow. Oh. I was like, well played dudes. Like, yes. okay. Yeah. That's really smart. It yeah. was. And even to me, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm feeling this. And I, and that will make me order again. So yes, yes. even I get sucked in. So you, mm. you don't have to give away stuff all the time. But I think sometimes, you know, if you've seen someone keeps coming in as a regular, mm. acknowledge them or can try to convert them to be dine in when that's a f- capability for you. Because mm-hmm. um, then, you know, you'll get that revenue back. Yeah, it's a great idea. I think, yeah, I think you're 100% right. Personalization as much as you can. I've yep. seen a lot of handwritten, like as I've tried to support venues at the moment and do it through their own apps or do it through their own yep. website um, if I'm picking up or delivering or whatever. Um, mm. uh, the personalization I'm seeing is really, really cool. Yep. Um, so that's a good thing. And I think, yeah, the a bounce back offer just makes a lot of sense. Um, sure. It'd be interesting if it's, a long, if it's a long-term thing that delivery plays a part. There's going to be a, there's obviously going to be a subsection of the market now, which even post a vaccine coming in are going to be yep. scared to sit in venues um, for whatever reason. So I think, I think at home experiences really need to be thought about and, and think about how that can be an experience and not just hopefully the food's okay. You know, for I mean? sure. Yeah. We were talking, I was talking this morning, like with a client um, and they're Melbourne based and they're a mm-hmm. state house and mm-hmm. we're talking about Christmas and yeah. we're just like, Hey, you know, it's those, take home steak packs with the, the instructions. And I was like, no, we're not putting instructions in the bag. Mm-hmm. We'll put, Hey, um, jump on and we'll pre-record videos for like great you know, idea. Wagyu beef, mm-hmm. this, whatever. Mm-hmm. And based on whatever they've ordered, it's like, hi, welcome. You've got your rare steakhouse at home kit. Now, now mm-hmm. let's go through the process together. See all that. Yeah. So it's adding that theatrics, that personal connection, but it's pre-recorded and, you know, 
curated. Yes. So it's just like that passive income coming in with minimal output, mm-hmm. but it's going to add that um, experience of being there. You know your shit, Chrissy. That is fantastic. <laughs> Thank um, you. My last question before I let you go is I've asked a lot of my guests the last um, couple of months. Um, I want you to think about the one thing that you can't do at the moment that you're able to do before lockdown happened and COVID happened that you're really looking forward to getting back to. What's that? Uh, thing? So this is weird, right? Because I have MS and mm-hmm. I'm immune suppressed. Mm-hmm. So for me, I don't leave the house a lot of the time. Like yeah. I work from home, our staff yep. work remotely. Mm-hmm. I'm always on a kind of COVID lockdown with yeah. like immunity. Mm-hmm. So everyone's been saying to me like, you know, how are you coping? I'm like, you're all in my world now. Like, <laughs> oh, this is how I live and roll all the time. Um, I, so, yeah, for me, I'm a bit of an introverted extrovert. Yeah. Um, but I really do want to go and see my grandmother. So she's in South Australia. She's 85. Yeah. Um, I miss that Greek grandma cooking. Um, and, yeah, just spending, I suppose, some family time with her. Yeah. Hopefully you can get back to it soon, Chrissy. I certainly will. Um, what's the best way that people can find out about uh, Creative Little Soul and everything that you're doing? Yeah, cool. So you can head to our website, uh, creativelittlesoul.com.au. Um, the podcast links are there. We're pretty active on all the social platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and people could just send an inquiry if they have one. And I'm pretty easygoing. Um, I've got a big heart and I love to help POSPO. So, you know, even when people don't have money or they need to do a payment plan or just mm-hmm. want some advice, yeah. I'm very, very kind. So Completely understand it. I think everyone would have heard that through your voice on this podcast. Yeah. So thanks so much for your time, Chrissy. I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. Bye.